Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig with details. Ridiculous Crime is a production of iHeartRadio. Zarin, hi, welcome. Hi, Elizabeth Dutton. Hi, Zarin Burnett, welcome. Hi. This is my crime dojo. Oh, I like what you've done with the place. The walls are wet. <laughs> <laughs> Why are the walls wet? Don't ask. Okay. Hey, listen, yeah. I, ha- I have a question for you. I'm going to do this voice the whole time. Okay. I have a question. Uh-huh. Uh, you know it's ridiculous. Oh, my God, I've been waiting to tell you this one. <laughs> yes. Muammar Gaddafi loved George W. Bush's Secretary of State, Condoleezza Rice. Muammar Gaddafi loved... Oh. Yes. Okay. Oh, okay, ready? Okay. So Muammar Gaddafi had a crush on Condoleezza Rice. When the rebels broke in and raided Gaddafi's Bob Al-Aziza palace, uh-huh. apparently they found where he kept his most private mementos and keepsakes. Oh, and they God. found that Gaddafi, he was a scrapbooker. So <laughs> he, he had he had one scrapbook he dedicated to Condoleezza Rice. Did it have stickers? Just like you would imagine. It was a homemade scrapbook filled with cutout photos of Condoleezza Rice. No. Oh, my God. When he was asked about her once before, he, he told Al Jazeera, yes, Lisa, 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 I love her very much. Right? But there's more to this story because Condoleezza Rice also spoke to it in her memoir, No Higher Honor. She wrote, and I quote, that Gaddafi had a slightly eerie fascination with me personally, asking visitors why his African princess wouldn't visit him. There's more, Elizabeth. I'm just Because Condi Rice wrote of a time that they actually met in person. Oh, they did. Okay. Here we go. It was Ramadan at the time of my visit, and after sundown, the, quote, brother leader insisted that I join him for dinner in his private kitchen. At the end of dinner, Gaddafi told me that he'd made a videotape for me. Uh Uh-oh, I thought. What is this going to be? It was a quite innocent collection of photos of me with world leaders, President Bush, Vladimir Putin, Hu Jintao, and so on. He set it to the music of a song called Black Flower in the White House, written for me by a Libyan composer. Oh, my God. It was weird, but at least it wasn't raunchy. Oh, my God. <laughs> she gets invited and has to watch a video. That is, it was weird, but at least it wasn't raunchy. Gaddafi's looking at the whole time like, huh, huh, what do you it's, think? With him what do you sitting think? right there. He's yeah. like, I want mm-hmm. you to stand on my hand with your sensible pumps. It's the worst. Like, can I play my song for you? <laughs> oh, my God, totally. <laughs> That's horrible and ridiculous. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for that. I found that. And I could not wait to tell you that. <laughs> well, I have something else that's ridiculous. Really? Hiding your crime behind a shower curtain. Ooh. This is Ridiculous Crime, a podcast about absurd and outrageous capers, heists, and cons. It's always 99% murder-free and 100% ridiculous. You done heard that? Uh-huh. <laughs> you know I love art crime. You do love art crime. I you do. often talk about it. We'll be in public sometimes, and I'll yeah. be like, what's Elizabeth like? I'm like, well, she loves art she crime. She loves art crime. It's all she- but you know what else I love? 
Hmm. Bank heists. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Bank heists. Uh, we've done a few on here. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of mine have taken place in England. Really? That was coincidental. Huh. I haven't done an American bank heist yet. Uh, it's not a statement that the Brits are either like really good at robbing banks or really good Just at catching fun. bank robbers, but you know, maybe a little. Um, <laughs> the story I have for you today takes place in the U.S. of A. Look at Look you. At where? USA. 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 Number one of crime. Where specifically? Um, Waterloo. Queens, New York. Oh, I was close. More specifically, the Howard Beach neighborhood. Oh. So what do you know about Howard Beach? Uh, in the 80s, it was not a place to go uh, yeah, for someone its, like me. It had its share of hate crimes yeah, perpetrated against outsiders. Yeah. Um, that's not a topic we'll discuss, <laughs> but yeah, big, and then, big. And then I also I know there's a lot of immigrant populations that that it's was their landing heavy, spot. Heavy Italian yeah. neighborhood. Uh, do you know who was from there? Uh, I'll tell you. Quincy Jones. Woody Guthrie. Oh, wow. Huh. Joey Ramone. I can totally see that. Uh, DJ Scribble. Huh. I don't know. Professional wrestler James Maritato. Who is Am James I, are any of these George Martin? Is that like... Not the Beatles producer, oh. but the the one who was a defensive end for the New York Giants. Oh, okay. okay. All right. I know Harry, okay, Harry Carson better. Another but, person who's, sure. from, who's from Howard Beach, Pia Toscana. Toscano, excuse me. Wait. Pia Toscano, a contestant on season 10 of American Idol. <laughs> okay. I mean, these aren't ringing a bell. Come on. The last one, I, I thought definitely you had know. Your, I thought you had your finger on the pulse yeah. of pop culture. The first few, no. But the last one, yes. Of American high culture. Uh, do you know who else? Oh, there's more. <laughs> Please. Joseph Messino. Mm-hmm. Bonanno family crime boss known, according to Wikipedia, as uh-huh. the last godfather. Really? Speaking hm. of Godfathers, speaking of Don's, mm-hmm. old Teflon Don himself, John, John Gotti, Gotti. Howard Beach. That's where he's from. He was from Howard Beach. He was Beach. from Howard Beach. Wow. Howard Beach was big Gambino crime family turf. Yeah, I didn't know he was from there, though. Yeah, he was from there. Uh, you know, so what I have for you today, Aaron, is something that went down within that orbit. Okay. Uh, I've been hitting you with a lot of mafia tales of late. I know, I've been digging it. Yeah, well, it's one of your favorite subjects. So I sniff it out. I'm like, oh, it's got mobsters. I have to tell this to him. Yeah, you know, like some kids, like they get bedtime stories like from their parents. Yeah. My dad gave me two types of bedtime stories, black cowboys or the Italian mafia. I love it. And that's how you've defined. (laughs) That's that's, pretty, you you can see it take shape in my life. I love that. It's, you know, it's really hard to find mafia or mafia adjacent crimes that don't involve murder. Yes, it's kind of their uh, adjacent crime favorite. Lots and lots of murder. But we're murder free today. Yes. Praise be. Yeah, we're not going to talk about murders. At 16238, so it's like 162-38 is the address, okay. Cross Bay Boulevard. Sure. Once stood Sovereign Bank. Oh. It's closed okay. now. All right. So sorry about that. Okay, then I won't send the postcard I was no. filling out. It sat in a strip of businesses that were like right on the street. So it wasn't its own freestanding building. Okay. There were salons, lash places, the bank, and then next door to the bank, a charity called Angels on the Bay Evaluation Center. Hmm. Remember how in the Hatton Garden bank heist, they pulled it off over Easter weekend? Do you remember that? I remember it was over a holiday weekend. It's a great time to do so. Holiday weekend's the best. Yeah. Yeah. New Year's Eve, Easter. And like you look at, especially something like that, like in a predominantly Christian area, like Easter, that's the highest holy day. Everything's going to shut down. It's a great time for a military attack, a crime spree. (laughs) I mean, it's like people are engaged. They're otherwise. A doorbuster sale. (laughs) That too. And so, you know, you've got like this strong Italian-American neighborhood, Howard Bay. You know, it's going to be strong Italian Catholic. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure that everything shuts down, probably starting on Holy Thursday and then just like for Forget about it for the rest of the time. Yes. So it was on that Easter weekend in 2008 that the Sovereign Bank had the same fate as Hatton Garden. Hmm. The thieves broke into Angels on the Bay Evaluation Center first. So that's kind of like an intake center for jobs? Yeah. Well, here's according to their website. Let me read it to you. you. Our mission is to support the programs and facilities that provide quality health care and services to our children, to seek knowledge and compassion from those who give hope and genuine care to all and share our beliefs and enthusiasm for the positive power of commitment, family, and community. That was a lot of words saying nothing. doesn't really say anything. It didn't say a damn thing. It took me, I had to do a lot of divining and shuffling and... Yeah, that was nothing. That no. was Pablum saying nada. No, so they basically, they help sick kids by fundraising for pediatric health centers at local hospitals so they throw like a gala ball and you know whatever i'm smelling scam at the no but at the time they also house light scam not hard crime (laughs) scam yeah just a dappling yeah um at the time they also housed heart share 
uh-huh. which was an assessment center. That's where the assessment center part sure. comes in for disabled children between the ages of three and five who needed special services. So mm-hmm. they were doing really good work. Okay. Um, as an aside, HeartShare had to close their office in Angels on the Bay uh, in 2016 because they lost uh, funding from the New York State Education Department. Good job, guys. Anyway, mm-hmm. so they they shared this this space together at the okay. time, Heart Space and Angels on the Bay. So once in the Angels office, these robbers... They put up a tension rod Mm -hmm. and they hung a shower curtain across the hallway entrance so that they couldn't be seen from the street. Okay. Like they wanted to make sure that no one saw the lights. You could see the front room, but not past. Yeah, exactly. So they blocked it. So you can, it only just looks dark. So then they go on this little vandalism spree. They plugged the bathroom sinks and turned the faucets on all the way. Like the dudes in Home Alone. Yeah. Or sixth graders doing like a TikTok prank. Sure. The flooding also accomplished something important though. It wasn't just free for all, trash the joint. Do they want the weight of the water? It shorted out the bank's alarm oh, system. Oh, there you go. Electricity. It flooded, yeah. So they went into a supply closet that shared a wall with the bank next door. They cut out a Gambino-sized hole in the wall. <laughs> and then they used all sorts of tools. Sledgehammers, big old drills, uh-huh. pickaxes, crowbars. I don't know, maybe a thermal lance? Maybe a ratchet or maybe two? Maybe a powerful jack or a ratchet. <laughs> These are all the necessary vault-breaking tools. Of course, so, you got to have a powerful lance. got to have a powerful lance. No, powerful jack. Right, the thermal lance. Thermal lance. For, sorry. Um, so My they apologies. use all these tools, right? They used a thermal jack and a powerful lance. Who knows? <laughs> uh, mix it up. They had, like, the parts that you snap off and then put on another yeah, one. it's like a Mr. Yeah. Potato Head of, to- of exactly, tools. Exactly, exactly. Uh, so they get through the steel reinforced wall that's mm-hmm. a foot thick. Damn. Yeah, now they're in the bank. A foot thick a foot of thick. steel? Yeah, and they're just... Gah, 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 gah. Well, it says steel reinforced, so... Okay, then, yeah, it's not... Yeah, yeah. I, I it's like, why like, would you need a foot... Do you know how much weight that is? It's <laughs> insane. Let's just say it was. Okay, like, no, oh that makes God, sense. So it it's a steel plate. And, okay. It was, but let's say it was a whole foot of steel. In between was like, you know... You know me. A foot um, of cement. So they go into the vault, they go to the safety deposit boxes, and they just have a field day. Okay. They go to town. They busted into about 100 boxes out of the 400 that were in there. That must be fun. Oh, God, it's got to be. You know, I you mean, know, like, aside from it all. It's got to be a real thrill. Just other than the violation uh, and the total robbery. Total thrill of ride. Like, uh, so just they the take, aesthetic they of it. They take jewelry, uh-huh. gold, and $100,000 in cash. So all totaled, it was like $400,000 worth of stuff that they it's took. actually less than I would have thought. Yeah, well, mm. you know, it's a small bank. Yeah, it is a small bank. You said that. Yeah. So before leaving Angels on the Bay, mm-hmm. they decide to really wreck shop. Oh. The flooding wasn't enough. They wanted to cover their tracks, and they did it by, like, creating chaos. They sprayed the whole place with fire extinguishers. Huh. And th- that, with plus the flooded sinks, and then just them tossing stuff around the place was a mess. Um, which, you know, is especially crappy for a nonprofit. Yeah, really yeah. bad. Uh, this irritated me almost as much as that hermit I told you about uh, who stole from the summer camp <laughs> from for the disabled. Orphans? Like, yeah, that one really, like, that one really yeah. ticked me off. This guy, though, I mean, it's just like, why? Anyway, so um, back to the heist and mm-hmm. its fallout. March 24th, 2008, the bank opened back up. Okay. They're like, you know, the birds are chirping and, you know, he they has risen in. and yeah. they're back in. <laughs> yes, really. So much to their shock, uh-huh. all of the safe deposit boxes were open. And empty. Hmm. And uh, there was water seeping into the bank. <laughs> so they called the FBI NYPD Joint Bank Robbery Task Force. Okay. Beep, boop, babu, beep. Yeah. Get over here. Sovereign Bank spokesperson Mike Armstrong said, quote, Some safety deposit boxes were damaged, but the majority were not. The flooding was at the north side of the branch, adjacent to the vault. People saw it on TV, read it in the papers, heard it from neighbors, got about 100 calls. We are pro- proactively calling impacted customers this afternoon and notifying them. We are busting our chops, trying to open at regular hours, 8.30 a.m. We have a special team in place that will be meeting with these customers. <laughs> Zarin, he's busting his chops. Busting his chops, Everybody Elizabeth. there, they're taking the pork chops, taking the mutton chops. Yeah. Busting Chop, them. chop, chop. And How also, I like it. Everybody had seen it on the radio. They or, sorry, seen it on the TV, heard it on the radio. It's like the, the new Wu Tang album. Everybody exactly. heard about everybody. it. Everybody. Everybody. Heard it on the radio, seen it on TV. <laughs> everybody wants it. <laughs> your speakers, your woofers, your tweeters. Um, so the bank called Carol Verdi. Mm-hmm. She's the vice president of educational services at Angels on the Bay. And they let her know, beep boop boop beep beep, <laughs> that there's water here and we got robbed. Oh, my it's God. It's bad news. I think that's the wrong order, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, there's water. So Verdi, she's stunned. Yes. She goes and runs down to the storefront. The place is under three inches of water okay. inside, but they won't let her in. She said, quote, 
One of the detectives asked us if we had a shower curtain hanging in the hallway. We said no. We couldn't get access. They did let us take a look from the front door. All you could see was water. So, okay. Water world. As far as the eye can see, it was total water world. <laughs> so she was especially heartbroken by the loss of a, the collection of photos and slides that, you know, uh, documented the history of this place. Oh. So all these mementos. How, oh, they're just lost in the water damage. Yeah, okay. totally damaged. So she said, that was tough to take. That was our treasure. No, so, you know, that. it's yeah, it sat there for a few days yeah. and everything's just getting absolutely soaked. Quote, people don't realize in here was my vault. 26 years worth of pictures of children who've come through here. Is, yeah. So you got all these sad. disabled kids that they're helping and like, you know, really ill, terminally ill kids. And, you know, they didn't think of that. So now I really don't like these guys. Yeah. They're having fun in the vault. I'm like, whoopee. But like, you know, anyway. You make me feel guilty for rooting I for know, them. Okay, okay, fine. Whatever. You know what? We are, we change, we evolve. We grow. You know what that was, Elizabeth? Growth. Growth. <laughs> uh, I contain multitudes. Verity and her staff, they start cleaning up the mess. Terrible. Over the four days that the mm -hmm. water sat stagnant in the office, mold and mildew oh, yeah, started imagine. to collect. Uh, everyone had to wear respirators as they tried to salvage all the materials that they could. The FBI called in because it's bank robbery. They brought in special evidence recovery crews hmm. to collect all the forensic evidence that they could because it was damaged not only by the flooding, but all the fire extinguisher foam. But the charity still had kids to help. Uh, so they got down to business. They're cleaning. They start finding random pieces of jewelry dropped by the thieves as oh, they ran like through. Oh, just in the foam? Yeah, they're like, this is an yeah. earring. This is a tacky this, earring. This was not ours. <laughs> Did anyone drop their emerald earring? Uh, so Verity starts thinking about how could the thieves have possibly gotten into the office because there was no sign of forced entry. Mm -hmm. Then she remembered. Apparently she had a bad memory. About a week earlier, <laughs> someone smashed the front window of Angels on the Bay. And investigators, at first, they thought it was just vandalism because yeah, nothing was missing. Local hooliganism. Who knows why people do these sure. things. But now police thought that the thieves broke the window, took the keys to Angels on the Bay, and then made a copy of it, came back, put the original back. What? Yeah. That same night or that whatever? That same night. And then they, you know, hopped back in, through, hopped out through the broken window, and then it's like, oh, there's nothing missing. But they have copied the key at some point. That's wild. Verity said of it all, if they put their minds to something good, they could probably cure cancer. <laughs> I don't know about that, but yeah. I, I get a point. FBI spokesman Matthew Bertrand said, quote, it seems like some more planning went into this than most typical burglaries. Yeah, I'd say so, Matthew. Yeah, so... This wasn't the only money heist in New York that weekend. A man posed as an armored car delivery man and stole $26,000 from Telemundal uh, Incorporated in Long Island. Okay. Um, the cops were able to arrest one suspect in that robbery, and they thought maybe there was a connection. Mm -hmm. So the cops and the feds, they got to work. They detected. They investigated. Mm, I like this. They zeroed in on four dudes, all from Staten Island. All right. Uh, Beckham uh, Fisaku. Beckham Fisaku. Of Strong Island. Go on. Yeah, 37. Uh, Mislim Rutsi, 38-year-old. Okay. I think they're Croatian. That's what I'm guessing. Uh, then there's Joseph Cotarello. Italian. 34, yeah. And lastly, they eyed Lee Devanzo, 39 years old. Also guessing Italian. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so as spring turned to summer and right. summer turned to fall, the cops kept building a case. They had a string of bank robberies, and they were sure they knew who was in that crew that did them all. So they set up a sting, a major sting called Operation Turkey Shoot. One <laughs> of these names. When we come back, we'll find out how hunting was for the fuzz. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? Shh. Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. As you know, the world can be a dangerous and unpredictable place. With every crime I've studied, I've learned one thing. Your best line of defense is your vigilance and preparation. You don't want to worry. You just want peace of mind. That's why I recommend Simply Safe Home Security. For every ridiculous robbery and theft we talk about, it's pretty obvious the crimes could be avoided with a solid security system. 
a good home security system keeps people prepared and aware. Simply Safe is that system. It was named Best Home Security Systems 2024 by U.S. News and World Report. And it doesn't just protect your home from crime, it also alerts you to fire, floods, and other emergencies. They offer sensors and cameras backed by 24-7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day. There are no contracts, and there's a 60-day money-back guarantee. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect Monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com slash ridiculous crime. That's simplysafe.com slash ridiculous crime. There's no safe like Simply Safe. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello, Zaren. Click, click, boom. Yay. What's up? <laughs> I'm ready for the turkey shoot. <laughs> When we last met, four guys were persons of interest in a string of bank robberies in New York. This included that heist on Sovereign Bank in Queens. They made their way into a vault through a neighboring business, just like the Baker Street heist, which inspired the movie The Bank Job. So after this robbery, the police received an anonymous tip. Apparently, the gang was going to strike again. And this time, it would be at the Richmond County Savings Bank in Staten Island. They received an anonymous tip. Uh Interesting. These guys are going to rob the place. I wonder who got pissed. I don't know. And so the police, though, they set up surveillance and they waited. Was it like an angry partner? Was it somebody who was on the inside who didn't get their piece? I think so. I think it's someone who wanted in on this crew. So the police, they set up their surveillance on the day before Thanksgiving at 8 p.m. Okay. So obviously, these guys are picking another long holiday holiday weekend. Zarin, close your eyes. Oh, you snuck it up on me. Yes, my eyes are closed. You are an officer of the Emergency Service Unit, assisting the NYPD Major Case Squad with a sting. In your job, you respond to lots of different calls. Sometimes it's for someone threatening to jump off a bridge or building. Maybe there are people stuck in elevators. A perp could have barricaded themselves inside a building, refusing to come out. Or maybe they even had a hostage. You are the canine handler for the unit. You're a young guy. Your family's a little irritated that you're working on Thanksgiving, but they know that you do important work. It's four in the morning, and you are currently in a van parked behind the Richmond County Savings Bank. The bank sits in a large parking lot adjacent to a large mall anchored by a Macy's. There's a Burger King at the edge of the parking lot. You are relieved that there are no rabid Black Friday shoppers camping out early here. Or if they are, they're way over on the other side of the mall complex. For now, the night is still and quiet. Your trusty canine, Skipper, is laying at your feet in the van, snoozing away. Suddenly, your radio squawks. You get word that the surveillance team has eyes on the bank robber crew. You see the robber boys. The fellows have busted into the Pearl Vision eyeglasses store next to the bank. It looks like they're following the same game plan they used for the Sovereign Bank robbery. This is dusty bum behavior, you think to yourself. That's the same thing that Elizabeth, co-host of Ridiculous Crime, mutters to herself when she sees clips of people bipping cars or mass shoplifting in the Bay Area. That is bum behavior. True story. Dusty, embarrassing bum behavior. Anyway, so the surveillance (laughs) team says that they can tell that the heist crew has made it into the basement and they're now working to drill into the vault. You don't have cameras in there, but even you in the van can hear the faint sound of drills and jackhammers coming from the building. You then hear the sound of the bank alarm ringing. They've tripped the system. You hear on the radio that the strike team is moving in. Skipper lets out a little whine. You get your orders to move. You slide open the door to the van, and you and Skipper jog over to the back door of the bank. You want to be there to catch these fools if they try to escape out the back. Your radio crackles to life. The officers have entered the bank vault, but no one is in there. Their hole in the wall isn't complete, so they never even made it into the bank itself. Another team is dispatched to the Pearl Vision store, also empty. Everyone is perplexed. Where did these guys go? You start to walk the perimeter with Skipper. Do your thing, boy. That's you talking to Skipper, not uh, me, yes, not me talking to you. Yes. Uh, so Skipper, he sniffs the ground as you walk along the outer wall of the building. 
As you pass the dumpster, a rat squeaks and scurries by. Skipper's uninterested. What the Elliot Stabler was that? <laughs> Skipper, Skipper's a professional who knows how to separate work from play. Yeah, I, I mean, was startled. Skipper works hard and plays hard. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but Skipper also understands work-life balance and that there's a time and a place for everything. Yeah. Like, hey. if Skipper were off the clock, he'd haul Tushy to chase the rat and maybe head over to the Burger King dumpster for a little sure. treat. Not now. Skipper's got rubber boys to Earning catch. her bacon. Exactly. Suddenly, Skipper stops. He looks up at the soffit above you. Do you know what a soffit is, yes. Darren? Yes, like a like a, a decorative feature that is elevated above you, and it's kind of like a, a three-dimensional thing. It's like a, like, not like an arch, but like, you know, yeah, like it's a like, squared off. Yeah, it's like the underside of a roof overhang, really, yeah. that's been covered up by a finishing material. So it makes a building look solid. It implies it's, projection beams. It's a decorative element. Yeah, but it's, yes, it's decorative. It's basically just plywood or something covering yeah. up the space between the end of the roof hang and the wall. Yeah. So Skipper stares up at this dismal, tan stucco. You stand there in silence. Just you and the dog and the night. Then you hear a rustling. You see the stucco crackle slightly under some weight. You pull your collapsible baton from the hook on your tactical pants. With a flick of the wrist, it extends out to a very formidable weapon. Skipper continues to whine. You reach up and whack the soffit with all you've got. There's a cracking sound. More stucco crumbles away. You whack it one more time. Now there's a scuttling noise coming from the area. Your unit mates hear your beating of the wall and they come running around the building. You give it one last smack. And like a little boy at his sister's quinceanera, you've hit the jackpot. Like tamarind candy spilling from a SpongeBob pinata, the robber boys tumble out of the overhang and down onto the pavement. Skipper loses his ever-loving colorblind mind and barks something fierce at the perps who lay on the greasy asphalt covered in drywall dust. You pull him back and congratulate him on a job well done. You nabbed the Sovereign Bank's burglars, Skipper. More than 100 police officers were chilling in that parking lot waiting for the robbers. Two New York City police helicopters circled overhead. Armored trucks were idling in the lot. The men, they're arraigned at Stapleton Criminal Court. Uh, Mm -hmm. They face charges of burglary, grand larceny, possession of burglary tools, and criminal mischief. That's always such a delightful image. What? Criminal Criminal mischief? mischief. (laughs) (laughs) It's like something the Hamburglary got (laughs) charged with. Exactly. So Joseph Cotarello, he pleaded guilty in April of 2009 to third-degree burglary and was sentenced to one to three years in prison. All right. I only know this because he got pinched on a residential burglary charge later, many years later. And the article about that mentioned his sentencing for the Sovereign Bank. The residential burglary was spectacular, by the way. He tried to smash a glass door with a patio brick, but he only left a big scratch in the glass. (laughs) Then he tried to to body slam his way through a wooden door. You got to go to prison and tell people you couldn't break glass. Right? (laughs) And then he only managed to, like, slightly crack the frame. <laughs> so he never made it into the house, but he did manage to get caught on tape. So, uh-oh. Um, I'm not sure what became of Mislim Rutsi. Um, I'm guessing he pleaded out and did a little time. Okay. The ones we really need to look at are Bekim Fisiku and Lee Devanzo. Okay. So they're already on federal probation when they get Oh, when they got busted? Uh-huh. Ooh. Plus, uh, Fisiku had a marijuana possession case in Staten Island. So they got they got uh-huh. backlogs and sure. stuff. Um, I don't know what Fisiku pleaded, but um, he was out a few years later and he got busted for running around with another robbery crew. And I did see that someone who I think is his brother, Adrian, was arrested in connection with a $10 million international jewelry heist crew. Wow. So it looks like family the whole business. family, they're all tied up in uh, an Eastern European crime syndicate. Lee Devanzo. How did he plead? How did Lee plead? Guilty. Guilty with an explanation, sir. Yes. He was sentenced to 36 months to five years. Okay. Who is Lee Devanzo, Zarin? Um, he is actually the neighbor to my ex-wife's brother-in-law. That's exactly. Yeah. He was a, he's kind of a jerk. He was at the wedding. Yeah. But, uh. We didn't get along, mm-hmm. but uh, I do remember he had really good advice. He told me something about an investment opportunity in plastics. Oh, good. That's you know, plastics. There it yeah, is. Lee Devonzo. Yeah, I think that's a different Lee Devonzo. Oh, different one? Yeah. Oh. This is what his wife, Drita, said. Quote, when I started dating Lee, I knew he, he had a business. He had the money from the car wash, and I was working when we moved in together. It was normal, like anybody. We'd go through the bills. It wasn't like Lee was like, I got, I got it. 
Here's $20,000 on the table. We did it together. As for bank burglary and stuff like that, no way. I never thought of anything like that because to me, that's insane. He said, when I was younger, I did bad things, but I turned my life around. I didn't know he was still involved. Yeah, that sounds legit yeah. to me. I mean, sounds pretty actu- accurate. <laughs> now, I am. She's in- expecting 20 grand to go on the table. And if that doesn't happen, what's he doing? <laughs> what's He's not robbing say? banks. He had a car wash. Um, all right, Zarin, let's take a break. All right. We now we know the name Lee Devanzo. I'm going to be thinking about Lee Devanzo, the one I know. The one you know. There's one I know. There are probably like a bunch of others. Probably anyway, when we come back, I'm going to show you how involved, you know, Devanzo said, I'm not involved in these things anymore. I'll show you how involved he was. Nice. I'm Katya Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Zarin. Yes, Elizabeth. Oh. How you doing over there? Oh. Hey, how you doing? Remember the Radical Say hi to your mom. Oh, I got to hit the Japini. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Lee Devanzo. Hey, Mario Andretti over here. Oh, hey, Ma. So, Lee, he was part of a crew busted for the Sovereign Bank heist yeah. in 2008. Devanzo. Okay. Uh-huh. So, uh, he had been released from pre- federal prison in 2006. Okay. And so that's pre-bank heist. Mm-hmm. He was in, a f- in federal lockup after being indicted in 2001 alongside... Fat Joe Gambino hmm. uh, for drug deals and bank robberies going all the way back to the 80s. Whoa. Yeah. This was not his first time in prison. Not by a long shot. He was not a young fellow. No. Not so, a spring chicken. No. Well, I mean, the thing is, it's like in the, the articles they talked about the 80s, but he's not. He was not that old. So I think it's like as a teen. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Well. Uh, Lee, he's the son of Leo Devanzo. Devanzo. Ah, that was the one I met. Leo was the son. <laughs> Leo was the son of Louis Devanzo. Oh, okay. So all this line of men had mob ties. <laughs> Lee, though, he was perhaps the tightest with the mob. He was the head of the New Springfield Boys. Yeah, that's tight with the mob. Yeah. When you are the head of a what, crime family, well, the that's as tight as you can the get. The government calls the New Springfield Boys the farm team for the Bonanno family. <laughs> the farm team. The farm team. <laughs> like they're out doing minor yeah, league crimes. Yeah, it's crimes. minor league. <laughs> they're getting less pay and totally, having more travel. Totally. <laughs> Speaking of family, yeah. family, um, who is Lee Devonzo's cousin? I'll give you a hint. Um, he provided me with one of my all-time favorite surreal moments in modern history. Musician Jack DeJanette. No. no. I'll give you another hint. He's a wacko perv. Wacko perv. I'll give you another hint. Um, he, um, wavy gravy. His hair dye runs. 
Oh, Rudy Giuliani. Yes. None other than Rudy Giuliani is Devonzo's second cousin. Oh, I really? Yes. You know, and like uh, Rudy Giuliani's dad was in the mob. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. he's totally. So he, like his cousin Lee, just like his cousin Rudy, had a love of attention. And mm-hmm. like his cousin, he wanted to be a star. Uh, so Lee and his wife, Drita, joined the inaugural cast of the VH1 reality show Mob Wives in 2011. <laughs> oh, God. And I think you may have heard me listening to an episode of Mob Wives here in I, headquarters I was the wondering other day. what that was. And that's what that was. So... Lee used to go out with Sammy the Bull Gravano's daughter, Karen. Oh, man. Yeah. This was before he became a rat, I believe. And he, and he got busted doing uh, selling ecstasy in, like, Arizona. Right. So New Mexico. He, he cooperated with the feds. Yeah. Sammy the Bull did. And became the first big snitch. Yeah. And Karen. He, yeah. And so Karen had to up and move to Arizona to get away from the heat that her dad caused. Yeah. Um, but then at the start of the show, this Mob Wives, she's on that first season. <laughs> She's moving. She'd gotten used to the heat by then. Oh, well, she's moving back to New York for more heat. She wants to write a book about being Sammy the Bull's daughter. Of course. This sweet gal. Who to- wants to read that book? She totally inherited her dad's jawline. Oh, man. It's uncanny. Uh, God bless her. And so there was friction between Karen and Drita, okay. Lee's wife, because Drita married Lee, mm-hmm. Karen's ex. Yeah. How do I know all this? I watched the first half of the first episodes of Mob Wives. Only the first half. Wowie, wow, wow. It was so bad. I couldn't make it all the way through. But then again, I'm not a reality TV person. Your mascara was running? If, if it was all down my For face. tears of laughter. If I were to watch TV, which I really don't, no, and I can't have. stress that enough, no. I wouldn't like reality TV. It's icky. I don't like it. It's, it's fake or because it's just like just, so... It's so... I. It's They're demeaning petty, themselves. Juvenile? Like, what it's is the everything. Thing? No, but I think part of the problem is I watch it and I think like the desperation for ah. some sort of fame or recognition that they can't even put their finger on and then they're willing to demean themselves and be foolish. So the desperation, And yeah. it's, yeah, it's, it's just, it's, it the, hurts it's try to hard. watch. They, they want it so much. Yeah, okay. exactly. And so, they're willing to debase themselves to Well, get it. yeah, the gals on there, they're all trying to outdo each other in what I assume is a bid to become a fan favorite. Sure. You know, so they either want to be really relatable or, or the just totally, yeah, totally outrageous. So Drita delivers on the outrageous promise. So nice. she gives this soliloquy in the show about how she was down to fight. She's a serious fighter who would physically assault anyone who ever, like, got in her way mm. um, or the whatnots and so on no, and yeah. so forth. Who have you? Yeah, so she said that she comes from a law-abiding Albanian family who disowned her when she took up with a mobster. Um, <laughs> that's the story that she tells on the show. Okay. But her cousin, Florina Kaja, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Flo, is a fellow reality TV star on something called Bad Girls Club. Hmm. I don't know what that is. It sounds trashy, and let's say it sounds dusty. <laughs> uh, so apparently, Flo's family is all mobbed up with an Albanian crime family. Wait a minute, so though. I, she just cousins. said, that doesn't make sense, That doesn't Elizabeth. make sense. These things don't accord. Don't get, like the narrative of like, oh, my family disowned. No, come on. Yeah. You know. Whatever. Anyways, I think her family's like, don't bring us into this stupid yeah. show. If you're going to go on TV, do not mention us. Yeah, she. but you know what? I don't buy her story, whatever. She has a new family now, ma. So in the part of the show that I watched, uh-huh. Lee was locked up in prison somewhere and she was holding down the fort at home. He called her every day. Aww. And then um, <laughs> he would give her lists of stuff that he wanted her to buy and ship out to him. Like, what do you mean? Like, deli case items. He wanted meat and cheese. Oh, like, you need like to go hostess get... hostess snacks. Like, you need to get, like, like some blocks of ice and send this out to me I so guess. it doesn't... There was a thrilling exchange about vanilla Coke and how she <laughs> hasn't been able to find it, but Lee stresses that the other gents in lockup have it, and so she must be able to score it for him somewhere else. <laughs> I want a slice of pizza from that place, Gino. Right. Do you know which one? I, get it out here. I didn't know you could ship perishables into inmates. I did not know you could... Send them cold cuts. Oh, you can on reality TV. I suppose so. Who knew, you know? Uh, So he eventually gets out. He and Drita, they they ran their happy home together. And Drita was on the show until 2016. That same year, she got arrested for fighting some lady on the street. Hmm. She did. She warned us. Dusty. Uh, So Lee never consented to appear on the show, though. Smart. And so his photo is blurred out. Oh, he's on the show, but just blurred out? Yeah. Uh, So then 2019 (laughs) comes around. Drita and Lee, they get arrested. No. After the police raided their house and found, let me list it off, they found... Two guns loaded with hollow points hidden in the kitchen and master bedroom. Wow. Yeah. Hollow points. Painkillers and anti-anxiety medications like hydrocodone and Xanax in large enough quantities to matter. Yeah, okay. So Two the... scales. Oh, yeah. Push and push. I have a kitchen scale, though. Yeah. So, bust me. But it's not covered in powder. 
It is. It's covered in, in flour. Like, double O flour. Yeah, and, well, like, that's pretty easy you know, to test for. Yeah, yeah it is. Uh, just I go well, into the kitchen <laughs> and I rub it on my on my gums. I'm like, that's not double O. That's uh, bread flour. Too much gluten. Okay. Anyway, so Ziploc bags used for the purpose of unlawfully packaging a narcotic drug. Oh, illegal Ziploc bags. Illegal Ziplocs. That's another thing. Yeah. I mean, I, they're going to bust me because I got Ziplocs in the kitchen. Pretty much sound like these people. Yeah. Other um, than the hollow point bullets. <laughs> I know. Don't have those. Large amounts of cash. See? Once again. I don't have those. Multiple cell phones, which I do. I you have multiple cell phones. Too. And if they counted coins as cash, I mean, oh, you'd, then, yeah. your piggy banks. Yeah, exactly. And then large quantities of weed in the basement within easy access of Devonzo's daughters, one of whom is 12. I got you, boo. I'll yeah, take so care of this one. Yeah, you cover that part of it. <laughs> so they faced charges of criminal possession of a controlled substance, uh-huh. criminal possession of a weapon, mm-hmm. criminal possession of marijuana, criminal possession of a firearm, and criminal possession of drug paraphernalia. And leave that outfit? Criminal. Yeah. Oh, those, those like Ed Hardy jeans. With that shirt? <laughs> so they also got hit with acting in a manner injurious to a child under the age of 17. No child endangerment, basically. Since their two kids were there when they got yeah, busted. Uh-huh. Yeah. So the charges against Rita were dropped in February 2020 since she wasn't named in the search warrant. Uh, I thought she rolled over on her husband. No, she doesn't. <laughs> Who? She's no rat, Zarin. Um, oh, her, Martha. Her, 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 like, Staten Island accent mm-hmm. is so strong. Oh, really? Yeah. It's. I, I don't know if she was playing it up or whatever. And she goes to the gym and wears full makeup. At the gym? Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> I'm working out here. Yeah. I, I got a taste. I got yeah. enough. But I was like, any more of this, I'm going to get sick. You got like, a headache? So, yeah. It's like, you know, you eat like some rich ice cream. You're like, oh, I'm good. I can't finish the get whole thing. Get that neck pain. <laughs> I got brain freeze. Um, August of 2020, Lee Devonzo pled guilty to being a felon in possession of a weapon. Because, yeah, don't forget, he's got... Fun fact, Lee's trial was the first in-person hearing in the Brooklyn federal court since the start of the COVID lockdown in March 2020. Way to be first. He brought us back in. Be best. Yeah, exactly. Build back better. He was sentenced to 64 months. Okay. Uh, The prosecution wanted 46 months, Mm -hmm. but the judge pointed out Devonzo's rap sheet. (laughs) <laughs> They're like, look at this cat. He scrolls down. Yeah, it's 46. He's like, let's flip that. I'm going to give him 64. So he'd flip the numbers. Uh, he had multiple violations of a supervised release, uh-huh. six prior convictions, two of which were at the federal level. So the judge said, quote, two prior sentences of approximately 60 months were not sufficient to deter the defendant from serious crimes. So four more months. Give him four more. <laughs> That's what but see, is. here's the thing. That wasn't the only legal issue facing Lee. <laughs> I'm sorry. So between December 2019, when Uh they had the raid on the house, and his guilty plea August 2020, Lee was arrested. What for now? There was a year-long investigation that ended in a huge drug bust. 24 people were arrested, including Lee. A lot of Italian names on the arrest list. Ecstasy? Some Eastern Europeans. You'll find out. Um, Most of them were from the tri-state area, but there was one dude from California. And I'm going to guess, as a special investigator, that he was the weed connection. Okay. So anyway. The investigation was called Operation on the Ropes. So we've gone <laughs> from ropes. turkey shoot <laughs> turkey to shoot on the ropes. On the ropes. Okay. Operation on the Ropes. So and like Muhammad Ali's boxing strategy. You'll find so. out why ropes is in there. It's oh, amazing. Okay. Um, it involved multiple counties in New York and New Jersey. Uh, there was an investigation that uncovered a plan to convert legitimate candies into weed candies. So, so the thing that suburban parents always worry about, they were really doing. Yeah. We're going to take real candies and turn them into weed candies. Yeah. Okay. So they busted a warehouse in New Jersey. I take it back, suburban parents. <laughs> Seized in this coordinated raid yes. were about 21,000 packages of candy infused with suspected THC, huh. 1,100 pounds of suspected marijuana, okay. 1,100 pounds that's, of weed. That's a lot of pot. Over 6,000 flavored THC vape cartridges. Huh. Yeah. So the street value of all of this, $1.9 million. Okay. Another $10 million in cash and assets were seized. That included 21 high-end exotic cars, Ferraris, (laughs) Lamborghinis, Bentleys, Rolls Royces, Mercedes-Benzes, worth almost $3 million. Okay, I was going to say, yeah. So um, let's talk about those 21,000 packages of candy. Mm Mm-hmm. 1,200 of them were THC-infused Sour Patch Watermelon Candy Packages labeled Stoner Patch Edibles. (laughs) There were 6,250 Baked Burgers Edibles, Mm -hmm. and that's with a Z on the burgers. Sure, of course. That makes it hip. And then there there were uh, over 3,000 THC-infused Nerd Ropes. You could convince me Baked Burgers was a rapper today, and I'd be like, of course. Oh, completely. Oh, yeah. yeah, I've told you my Mike Jones story. No. 
that Mike Jones is a rapper, right? Yeah. I didn't know that. Uh-huh. And I had students who were saying that there was a guy, and I thought they were making it oh, up. Oh, because he doesn't have a traditional rap just, name? Yeah, like, his like, name's Mike, Mike Jones. Jones. I'm like, like, that's your friend. No, Mike no. Jones! Yeah, no. and I was like, Oof. that's enough. <laughs> yeah. I thought they were yelling their friend's name. And I was like, stop it. And they're like, no, he's a rapper. I'm like, no one's named Mike Jones. Get out of here. And then someone back in the day told me, was it Waka Flocka? Yeah. And I thought it was a Muppet. <laughs> I was like, it I would, it's a perfect Muppet I name. legit thought it was a Muppet. It anyway, Muppet. so Nerd Rope. Okay, I yeah. guess is a real candy that's like sure. I think it's sort of like a um, licorice, like licorice, but n- oh, those, nerds like vine, t- yeah, yeah. Or like the laces. That's where on the ropes comes from. Nerd ropes, ah. yeah. So they were individually repackaged in red, pink, yellow, and blue wrappers. Not lot. they're W R A P P. It's a lot of work. <laughs> it is a lot of work. They had over uh, eleven hundred Tic Tac type containers with no labels on them. Okay, that's so highly suspect. The yeah. no label Tic Tac thing. <laughs> Uh, numerous boxes and trays of nerd ropes in various stages of the infusion process. Okay. And then they had over 6,500 THC vape cartridges in a variety of 16 different flavors. How much could they possibly have been getting for all these THC candies? I, like, why not just take yeah, the money that you make in crime? Yeah, but in a place where it's not legal, well, sure, but I mean, you like, can if, crank up, like... Just, if you're in crime, just go steal them from somebody where it is legal and take them to where it's illegal and sell them. Why, yeah, but, why have the, like, the whole... I don't know. Organization. The, this, they the invented a job for themselves. They did. They well, created work. <laughs> they did. Someone's got it. So yeah. they are total job creators. So the ring's leader was a man named Dylan uh, Advensky. Okay. D y l o n. He was. He is a man with very long eyelashes. Oh, striking. I saw his picture. Apparently, he was also the owner of D's Donuts, a gourmet donut truck. <laughs> you like D's Donuts? Oh, you like D's Donuts? Gourmet donut truck. So Monmouth County Prosecutor Christopher uh, Gramaccioni said, quote, the network operators used regular candy to further their scheme, buying hundreds of boxes of product from wholesalers before transporting it to a processing facility where they would unwrap the individual pieces of candy, lay it out on trays, and then spraying the candy with a concentrated formula of THC distillate. Once the THC dried on the candy, it was repackaged as an illegal marijuana edible product for distribution across New Jersey. Do you want to be in crime or do you want to be a factory farmer? Dude, it's like, I mean, it's like a Willy Wonka. All I keep thinking is that, you know, in every kind of drug movie, like mm-hmm. drug distribute, like, you know, whatever, um, they have the scene where people are sweating and they're wearing like their undershirts, yeah, packing they're, the they're, coke. Yeah, they're topless, usually so they can't, can't, can't steal the drugs that right. way. Right, and so I like to imagine this candy factory mm-hmm. where everyone's just in their skivvies, like <laughs> with bandanas trying to keep the sweat off the yeah. candies and they're just like oh, slaving people away. People with like heavy machine guns at the door yes, watching exactly, them. exactly, exactly. Uh, so For some according- reason the light is swinging. <laughs> According to one of the chief of detectives, John McCabe, he said, quote, the packaging on this THC-laced, quote, candy is almost indistinguishable from regular drugstore candy. Your kids might may be getting high right before your eyes if you're not paying close attention. Yeah, the kids are, and they're <laughs> not doing it with candy. They're real drugs. This like... illegal operation makes juveniles and anyone who consumes these products susceptible to random levels of drugs toxicity. Okay. I mean, I'm, okay. I understand his point, but I yeah, really think the people who are going to be eating this candy are going to be like the, the parents, <laughs> not the kids. Exactly. One uh, of the Middletown uh, uh, police chief, Craig Weber, president of the Monmouth County Ch- uh, Chiefs Association. So oh. hold on to your hats, pull up your pants. He chimed in. The operation uses their own wrappers and labels to repackage the drug-infused candy. There were no sanitary measures taken. <laughs> no safety apparatus. Now we're down to the factory safety totally, level? Totally. They're sweating on it. This and, would not have passed OSHA. Do you know how many incidents <laughs> they had? They're... And there were no, certainly no standards in place to ensure the product was not contaminated. Customers of these products had no way of knowing exactly what they were ingesting. They're going to be soon talking about, they didn't have a 15-minute lunch break. They didn't have a sneeze guard. <laughs> uh, so Lee, uh-huh. don't forget about him. He gets charged with fourth-degree conspiracy to possess marijuana and fourth-degree possession of marijuana in excess of 50 grams. Okay. Which is like fourth removed. Yeah. With the, like, anyway, so Lee got five or so years back in 2020. I mm-hmm. guess he's still locked up 
As for Drita, I think she may about to be on some new show that they're bringing back, Mob Wives or something, or some other. I don't know. I saw a post on Reddit where fans were desperate for her to join the Real Housewives franchise. Oh, like Mob Wife After Lockup? I think so. Mob Wife Afterlife. <laughs> um, so whatever with her. That's the saga of the Sovereign Bank Heist. Lots of twists and turns. Really? We yeah. go from wrecking a kid's charity to weed edibles. I'm telling you, that was quite for the kids. roller coaster. What's your ridiculous takeaways, Aaron? I'm high as hell just from hearing that story. <laughs> I mean, I'm just like over here like, oh, man, I'm kind of hungry now. I think I need to lie down. I'm going to be suspicious of nerd ropes constantly. <laughs> I, I do find it amusing that they decide to go into crime and then, you know, basically, as I've said, invented job. But they also do like the, the suburban nightmare of like, we're going to make candy. Right. It looks like candy. We're going to give it to kids. I'm like, so someone actually did do that? They did it. Damn it. And they probably handed it out at Halloween. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now I got to be like, oh, I got to apologize to my mother. I mean, like, all right, look, you, you get one on your side. <laughs> Well, that's all I have today. You can find us online at RidiculousCrime.com. Exclamation point. Uh, <laughs> there's merch there, I've heard. Uh, sometimes. We're also at Ridiculous Crime on Twitter and Instagram. We've abandoned threads, I think, because, like, whatever. Um, don't email RidiculousCrime at gmail.com. Do leave a talkback on the iHeart app. That's it. Ridiculous Crime is hosted by Elizabeth Dutton and Zarin Burnett. Produced and edited by Dave Couston, head of the Banana Crime family. Research is by Marissa, we have a code, Brown, and Andrea, it's a code of honor, by the way, song sharpened here. The theme song is by Pearl Vision Sales Associates, Thomas Lee and Travis Dutton. Executive producers are Ben. The tennis spinoff should be called Lobwives, Bolin. And Noel, the farmer spinoff could be called Cobwives, Brown. Ridiculous Crime. Say it one more time. Ridiculous Crime. Ridiculous Crime is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career and here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org.